The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, a land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors and we breathe red, white and blue We're America, your country and America it has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Well, good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is March 4th, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning, Linda. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I'm just fine, thank you, though I believe you have warmer temperatures than we have. Well, let's see. Uh, well, you know, like I was saying earlier, I had a, I almost forgot about the show. I was laying by the pool. <laughs> 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 We're going to a balmy 17 today. Okay, now for the bad news. I had to blow up the pool. It took me longer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. What a good we, start. <laughs> we also have uh, a guest with us, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Veterans Administration of Maryland, and also former State Commander for the DAV. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you, Gary, and uh, all of our guests. Yes, definitely. You know, we have actually two Florida events coming up the end of this month. The 29th of this month is the National Day, which they call the Welcome Home Vietnam Veterans Day. The VFW Post 3282 Port Orange, Florida, Volusia County, is a one-day event on the 29th. It starts at 10 a.m., and we're going to have actually a Vietnam Veterans flyover at 1145. So... Be there if you can. Also, New Samurta Beach, they have a Balloon and Sky Fest 2014. This is a three-day event from March 28th through the 30th. And by the way, both events definitely are free for veterans. Let me, uh, I'll remind you of these events as, as the time goes on uh, with every show. 
Bill and Linda, do you know that Florida legislature has actually in, uh, enacted laws in which Vietnam veterans who, as a result of being inducted into the branch of any branch, actually, of the U.S. Armed Forces and unable to complete their high school education, can be awarded a state of Florida high school diploma? Did you know about this? No, I didn't. Uh, uh, I didn't either, Gary. Yeah. Do other states offer this? Well, now that you bring it up, I'll have to look into it. Yes, yeah. definitely. Of course, 40 years later. Okay. So, <laughs> again, if anybody, not at all. It's a, it's a nice that's true. Um, sentiment. That's true. If anybody wants more information on that, you, you can have to call them, actually. The number is 850-245-9029. Linda, you want to go ahead and introduce our guests? Yes, I'm delighted to introduce our guests this morning. We have two. We have uh, Hal Costers who runs and founded the Alethea Foundation, which is a group that is supportive of wounded warriors, their families, supports camaraderie, peer support, gets them off the hospital grounds, um, but does more than just does outreach in terms of Friday night dinners for the wounded warriors at Bethesda, and I will let Hal discuss some of that with you. We also have Paulette Mason on, the caregiver of a wounded warrior female veteran who has been party to many of these gatherings and can speak firsthand about how the reduction of bureaucracy, addressing warrior and family needs absolutely directly, and providing a hand up to those who are recovering after serving overseas is an amazing group. So Paulette will talk about how Hal and his organization, the Alethea Foundation, quietly but very effectively does their good works. So welcome to the American Heroes Network, to both of you. Welcome. Thank you, Linda. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Hal, would you like to begin with how this started? And I know you're very modest, so we may have to bring out some of the points that I know have been raised by the families who you've served. Well, I'm not, I'm not modest. We we have uh, a great opportunity to honor our service members. It started in 2003. Uh, I owned a restaurant downtown BC, and a friend of mine was a peer level visitor at Walter Reed. Uh, he'd been visiting the amputees in the Ward 57 at Walter Reed since 1992, um, and he came to me and he said the amputees that he's visiting that are uh, returning service members from Iraq uh, had more serious injuries than simple amputations, and it was taking a long time to heal. And he wanted to know if uh, we would provide some free dinners for the troops uh, at the at our restaurant, and if not for the troops, or, or in addition to the troops, their family members, because uh, if the troop couldn't get out, maybe the family member could get out, and might do a better job of caregiving when we when they went back to the hospital if they had a night out. So that's how the dinner started. Uh, and but your mission grew from there, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, our first dinner we had uh, one service member and his wife there, and we told him to come on back, and he came back the next night. He brought another service member with him, and then the next uh, Friday night he brought nine service members with him. <laughs> And it just grew from there to the point where we were having 125 to 130 people in the back room between the service members and their families. Uh, 
we were fortunate that uh, Dr. Paul Wolfowitz, who was Deputy Secretary of Defense at the time, heard about the event and started coming down. And he came every Friday night along with General Frank Helmick. And they would go from troop to troop and find out what kind of issues the troops were having and see what there what there was that they could go back to the Pentagon and fix. And uh they were able to correct a lot of a lot of issues like pay and, and things along those lines, um, just because of coming to the Friday night dinners and having an opportunity to talk one on one with the individuals. So you know, I think that is one of the things that and I'm Paulette, I'll ask you to talk about this as well. One of the biggest things that you did was personalize the experience. I think when many of these wounded get back and put in an institutional hospital-type environment, your world shrinks and becomes very small. You are part of a caseload. What you have done with the Alicia Foundation is allow people to go out and, and retain a tiny bit of normalcy in the week. I know from experience the way they look forward to the dinners, to getting out, to being away from such a, a, a necessary but difficult environment. And that breeds independence as well as confidence. Paulette, can you speak to that for us? Absolutely. Uh, my experience and my daughter's experience started somewhere around October 20 of 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had been at uh, Walter Reed. Uh, off and on since April, and then permanently um, at uh, the, um, at the Malone House on June 30th of 2010. And those months were filled with a lot of work and not knowing what was going on. As I was her caregiver, um, as I said, she was she was critically injured, so there was a lot of stress and caregiving. But uh, and I said around October. Um, you kind of lose all sense of time and everything when you're at the hospital or at the Malone House caregiving for one of these veterans. So um, I don't remember how we got connected with Alethea, but it must have been Hal or Jeannie, one of the volunteers there, going around looking for wounded warriors to get them out of our environment. And to me, um, that day, that Friday night, was a lifesaver for the next three years. I remember how you all looked forward to those Friday night dinners and indeed turned down some awfully glowing, uh, I'll call them D.C. events, because they were just too important to give up and took priority. Absolutely. Uh, To me, the Friday night dinners were a safe place. They were a safe place for our veterans and for the caregivers. For our veterans, many of them had catastrophic injuries, and they were at TBI and uh, PTSD, so they weren't ready to be out in the community. And when they did get out there, people would stare at them, and that's the mm-hmm. least thing they needed. And for the caregivers, it was a respite. It was a place to get away from um, the craziness of the hospital, the demands, and everything, a place to relax. And so... Um, Friday night dinners were the go-to thing to get us away and to make us feel like we were human again, if I can say that. Well, you know, the funny part is I've been to one of the dinners, as Hal knows and as Paulette knows, and what struck me was the laughter, the joy of just 
being together where no one was, it, as you said, it was a safe place. But laughing and smiling and being around others and talking to those about things that maybe others might not understand in the moment, it was the laughter and the joy and the release, as you said, the respite that provided the care. How, when did you figure out how much this mattered to people and expanded it? Because I believe when you and I first spoke years ago now, you said they're coming to me to help, meaning the corporations and the groups that are helping your dinners. They became so oversubscribed that you were able to expand them. Well, it didn't. It didn't take very long. Uh, the Friday night was was actually the selection of the troops because a lot of times uh, we'll we'll go to restaurants and stuff and we'll say we want a Friday night and they say no, nah, we're not giving up our Friday night. That's our busy night. But when we first offered the dinners to the troops, we said, come back anytime. And they said, okay. And they came on a Friday night. Then we said, come back anytime. And they said, well, can we come back next Friday night? (laughs) (laughs) Come back anytime. And they said, well, can we come back next Friday night? As it turns out, their selection of Friday night was because that was the end of their week. They'd had all of their physical therapy appointments and all of their doctor's appointments and their surgeries and and then they would go to, uh, uh, that would get them a start for the weekend. Uh, and they became very important. It, it became obvious fairly fairly soon on because we had a big back room in my restaurant and we could seat 125 people plus a bar and private bathrooms and stuff. And we could tell when the troops were getting better because as Paulette pointed out, they didn't want to be seen. They, they, we always did, We always, and we still do these in a private area. But we knew they were getting better when they would leave that back room and they would go up to the front bar and get drinks at the front bar. Mm. We had a we had a bar in the back that was just for the troops and, and the people that were there. But when they went up front, then we knew they were getting better because then they would go out and they would wheel around in their wheelchairs and crutches and whatever else they were doing and All talk right. to the talk to our regular guests that were out at the bar. Uh, and then we, then we knew they were getting better. And that's, um, that was an important aspect of it. All right. Um, if, ever, if everyone could hold that thought, we're just going to take a real quick break. Uh, I wanted to let everybody know also that on March 8th, we're having a little get-together at our corporate office location. All veterans, active military, and their families are welcome. Learn about Dry Hooch of America and also meet the American Heroes Network staff. Come on down and have a cup of coffee. Learn about some upcoming events, local resources, and enjoy support of other veterans. It's going to be held at 12 noon at the Red Roof Cafe, which is at the 1876 Heritage Inn. That's 300 South Volusia Avenue, Orange City, Florida. Be sure to call uh, for a reservation. It's 386-774-8849, and the reason for that is Bike Week starts that day. So it's going to be pretty packed. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda Bill, our guest, Hal and Paulette. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier. 
or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Hal and Paulette, our, our guests. And, uh, Paulette, since you're a recipient and your daughter, how important were these Friday night dinners uh, to you and your daughter? Uh, the Friday night dinners uh, became very important to us, um, so much so that you know, my, my daughter had gone through um, a lot of therapy with a brain injury as well as physical injuries with her leg. And this was one way of her um, healing again. And um, as I, I like to relate the story, she was scheduled for surgery one day, which was a Thursday, and had her surgery for her leg. And uh, came out of anesthesia that night, and um, she was saying, Mom, Friday night dinner is tomorrow night. I want to go. And I said, Stephanie, you're, you can't. You're not going to be able to do it. Well, she made it happen. She made sure that she got permission, and we wheeled her out to the bus to catch the Friday night dinner bus to go to the restaurant, and um, all on the basis that she had to return to the hospital to back into inpatient. So, to me, it was a, a healing effect for us. Uh, these soldiers and uh, Marines and other injury, um, under other injuries, they, they had something to look forward to, and it just grew upon them. So, um, it was really a big part of healing. All right. All right. Yeah, uh, when we started these things, Gary, uh, we worked very closely with the doctors uh, at the hospital. And, and we set these things up uh, so that, for example, the appetizers were buffet, the dinner was sit-down, and the dessert was buffet-style. 
because the doctors wanted the patients to get up and move around, and, and, and everything was done in conjunction with the doctors there. Good idea. Uh, I mean, so we, we had their permission, and, and back in those days, uh, in the 2003-2004 time frame, nobody else was doing anything. So especially right. back in in four oh five time frame, this was the only place in town for these guys to get out. Nowadays, there's lots of uh, very good nonprofits doing a lot of good things like hunting trips and kayaking and skiing trips and different things along those lines. But back in those early days, there was there wasn't anybody, and uh, uh, we were we were pretty desperate. If it wasn't for people like the VFW and the DAV and the American Legion, we we had trouble continuing the support of these events. Um, you know how you talked about helping those with all the amputations, but I know that you have also worked very very hard to support and ease those with the invisible injuries, the severe PTSD, the traumatic brain injuries, the TBIs also to come to your dinners. Were there any special accommodations made so that these warriors and their families really felt comfortable um, being among the public? Um, yeah, we, I mean, we were, we were always very, very sensitive. And, and as uh, Dr. Wolfwood, Paul Wolfwood used to say, it was the, was the best place in town that's why he came on fridays he didn't want to hang out at the at the embassies and all those other places that he would get invitations to he would much rather be at a friday night dinner with the troops and that's where he was and even when he left and became part of the world bank uh, president of the world bank he continued to come and he still does to these day to this day and he understands the importance of of certain uh, parts of all of this, for example, he spends a great deal of time with us now uh, getting embassies to host the Friday night dinner so that uh, the troops will have an opportunity to go to an embassy because they know what that's like. Uh, Linda, let me, one of the, we, as you mentioned, we moved on a little bit. Uh, we not only do the dinners, but we provide small grants and stuff like that. If If I could take just five minutes here, I've got uh, a person that I gave a grant to here just a month ago, mm -hmm. and he, he wrote his story to uh, a friend of mine down in Florida trying to uh, get some financial support. Uh, and if I could read just uh, a good portion of his story here, I think it, it, it explains things very well for you and the listeners. No problem, Hal. you got about six minutes, so don't worry about the time right now. We can go over if we need to. All right. This is Jason's story. Uh, he says, I started my career in the Army in March of 2004. I immediately began planning for training for deployment. Within the first two years of service, I was already spending my first 16 months in Afghanistan. The rest of my career pretty much went uh, in hand. Uh, I would come home deployed again in 2009, then home for a year and deployed again in 2011. During my third tour in Afghanistan, pretty early in the deployment, I was involved in an IED blast, the first injury of my entire uh, tour. I was on a lengthy patrol showing the area of operation of the unit, and he goes on about uh, what happens. Uh, then he got back. He says, initial evaluation proved no significant issues from the blast. I was released about an hour later to my unit. 
Later the next morning, I woke up in tremendous pain. I had trouble hearing, seeing, walking, and had one slamming headache. My unit immediately took me back to the treatment facility where I failed about every test I had been given the day before. The doctor on duty gave me official diagnosis of moderate to severe concussion and put me on light duty for two weeks. I was able to continue the rest of my deployment. Uh, Six months later, he returned home. I had decided to discontinue my service in pursuit of my education. I thought leaving the military would be fairly easy considering I would be in, no longer be in danger. I was completely wrong. I left the military in August of 2012, returning to my hometown. I enrolled in a community college immediately, and within two weeks I was sitting in classroom as a full-time student. Things went pretty well for a couple of months. Around month three of my world began to change which could be a change that would last forever. I realized I had to focus myself. There wasn't a steady paycheck coming in. No one guaranteeing food would be available. I had to take care of these necessities on my own. Uh, about a month, about month four after my military service ended, I experienced my first bout with extreme anxiety. At the time, I did not have a clue what was going on. I rushed to the hospital where I was evaluated and told there was nothing wrong. I was treated and released. And he goes on like this. Um, then he saw a licensed clinical social worker at the at the vet centers, uh, which is a Department of Veterans Affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, he started off with weekly appointments. He got better. He, he had applied to schools before going into service. He uh, One school that was on top of my list was Barry University in Miami, George, Florida. I was so excited to move when I got accepted there. Um, in mid-August of 2013, I packed up my bags, all my belongings, my dog, and began my journey. Miami was unlike any other place I'd lived, etc., etc. Um, then he says, I told myself uh, my symptoms resurfaced. I thought, oh, no, not again. I told myself I would get through it. Each day would get worse and worse all to the point where I didn't leave my apartment unless it was absolutely necessary. I'd started school two weeks after arriving in Florida with pretty much hefty class load. I'd never been so overloaded. I, um, I was a wreck for several weeks, waiting for medication to begin try, working, trying to focus on classes, homework. Uh, and he, he goes on like this, uh, the, the number of different setbacks. And then mm-hmm. he lost track of his funding and, and all this and that and the other sort of thing. So he was looking for help. And uh, that's the kind of thing we're seeing these days with these guys. The post-traumatic stress doesn't allow them to stay focused on what they need to get done and how to take care of themselves. And after they've spent time in the service, and we're seeing a lot of people getting discharged these days because the military's downsizing, mm-hmm. they had planned on staying in the military their entire lives. They were going to do 20 years, and then they'd have a retirement. Now at 10 and 11 years, they're getting thrown out of the military for any reason the military can come up with. Right. And, they, and they don't have the education to get a job. They don't know how to look for a job. They don't know where their next paycheck is coming from. Uh, they're, just, they're just totally devastated. And unlike in a civilian job where you have a 401K and you get fully vested and this and that and the other sort of thing, they have nothing when the service throws them out after 8, 10, 12 years. 
uh, that's we're seeing a lot of that these days, and that's sure that's are. huge for these guys. Yes, that's wow. huge. Let's come back to that after the break. Yes, definitely. We're going to take a quick break. Thirsty yet? Stand by. Keep checking our website. Coming very soon. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Hal Coster, and Paulette Mason. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. Couldn't fit it all. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, Back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Helen uh, Paulette. And, Linda, you had a question. Well, I know that what uh, Hal was describing before the break about a young man who was uh, discharged and, and sent out to begin his new life of independence outside the military, how much difficulty he had. Paulette and I were at the old Walter Reed and we met another young soldier. This one um, was happened to be an officer, two master's degrees, had he could not read anymore, had traumatic brain injury that was severe, and he was National Guard, and we can talk a whole show about National Guard. But the reality is that those without a caregiver or a family member to be there, what, what I happen to call singleton um, warriors, 
they have a very different time of things, and they are high in number because families can't always drop everything and fly across the country to be with them, to support them. And so the up-tempo of uh, discharge due to the um, downsizing of our armed forces is creating more of these situations. And I wanted to ask Hal if he is seeing more of these uh, in Paulette as well in terms of what you're seeing in, in the invisible injuries as they re-enter or try and reintegrate into the community. Either one of you can take the question. Well, I know uh, we're we're seeing them at the Friday night dinners, um, and and these what's happening the, the the PTSD once it starts manifesting itself, it gets worse, and you gotta you gotta take care of it, and they don't all, always seek the the help they need because they're warriors, they're tough guys, you know. Right. We don't we don't need any help, and and then what happens is they go like we got a, a young guy that lives down in Alexandria he is so bad that he has to go to the VA medical center every single day so he's got to live close to the metro and his wife couldn't put up with it anymore she left him mm-hmm. well she was the she was the main breadwinner he was getting his disability so he can't afford his apartment anymore and she just she just backed up and moved out according to him but you know how those things go um, and, and so he's, he's stuck financially and he can't move anywhere cause he can't drive and he's got to be close to a Metro to get to the VA and just, just one story after another along those lines. Well, what you're also describing though, is how these invisible injuries affect entire families. In that case, broke up that family. This is not unusual. Relationships are deeply damaged often by PTSD and TBI and living with it. Paulette, can you address that as well? Yes. Um, one thing I would, would like to say, um, my daughter and I have reintegrated back into the community, but um, I think that is a big problem because, number one, a lot of the community doesn't understand, and secondly, these warriors are coming from a safe environment, if you would say safe is the hospital or outpatient, and then they're going back into a community that doesn't understand, so they're lost. And help is not readily available. Um, as, I, as a caregiver to my daughter, I'm a parent caregiver. Um, there are ramifications in the entire family. Um, for instance, just in my small case, I lost a job and um, everything that went with it. I almost lost a house, and this is to take care of veterans. And so these single veterans who don't have anyone, a parent, or a white, um, you know, or, or another family member helping them, I really worry, and I worry about that suicide rate because mm-hmm. they won't ask for help. They're too proud, as Hal said, and um, that really scares me. Yeah, and, and Paulette makes a, makes a good point because, for example, we had uh, a young couple. They had a 11-year-old son with them. He's a double amputee below the knee. Very, very wonderful people. Everything was great while they were at the hospital. They came to the Friday night dinners. Everything was fine. They went back to Missouri, and uh, a year and a half later, they're divorced. Mm-hmm. Uh, PTSD set in with him. He was outside of the safe environment. Uh, all these, all these bad things started happening in his mind, and and uh, you know, he he up and left the family. 
And that just, uh, I mean, and, and when I look at them as they were at Walter Reed, what a wonderful young couple, loving parents. Everything was absolutely wonderful. But when they left that bubble of, of the hospital there, uh, the security blanket was gone. The, the level of activity they had to, they have to go find their own activity. And you don't go find your own activity when you've got PTSD. You hide. You mm-hmm. get in your little cave and you stay in your cave and you don't go anywhere and you don't participate in anything and you turn down all the invitations to go places and you just hide when when PTSD hits. For a, for a lot of people, that's not true of all people, but for a lot of people. And, and then when you do that, you don't socialize, the whole family thing falls apart. It does, and then if you top uh, that off with a traumatic brain injury where some of the executive thinking skills are impaired, um, it, it is a vicious circle that people can get into if they don't have the support, the continuing support from I'll call it the care team, but when they're handed off out of the system, so many get lost in that reintegration shuffle. Um, and Linda, you're absolutely right. And I, I want to add something. I have, I am on so many committees inside Washington and out in the community. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm going to be very blunt here. <laughs> Everybody's talking. We've been talking for how many years? But I'm not seeing anything happen, especially in the communities. Um, and the community wants to help, but there's no cohesive way of getting these groups together to offer that help. And many of them don't understand the PTSD or the PVI. So I know, as I said, I've been in a lot of groups talking, talking. But where, where is the action? You know. Well, it's interesting you say that because there. There are so many willing in the civilian communities um, wanting to help. They simply don't know how. And you have to seek out your help. We've talked about this many times. It is not, there is not much in the way of proactive outreach. So people are left on their own. And unless they have an advocate who can assist them, they really can become lost in the system very, very quickly, which is, really a shame. Hal, if you had a magic wand, how would you change that reintegration process from the camaraderie and the support of the Friday night dinners outside into the community? Uh, well, there's, there's a couple of things that I would do. The first thing I would do, though, is is we, we've created all of these laws, and, and they, the laws always have unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. You have these, these, these HIPAA regulations now so that nobody knows anything. And, and I, for example, I, two years ago, three years ago, I took a job with the Department of Veterans Affairs because we have no paid staff at Aletheia, and I needed to work on things. And my job is to reach out to the, to the newly injured service members. Only I'm not allowed to know who they are. I have to go out into the street and ask them if they're a service member, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. If if they would say, if and I know the military does a handoff to the Department of Veterans Affairs, but then it stops because the HIPAA laws doesn't allow that that information to go down. If we could send the list of of the newly discharged people 
that are in your community that are potential members of your VFW club or your American Legion club or somebody like that, that they could reach out. The DAV has branches all over. But for, for primarily the clubs, these, these clubs would more than willing to reach out and help where they can. But they don't know who the veteran is unless the veteran comes into them. So we put the whole onus of getting help on the veteran. When who is not like in good shape to do it. Pardon me? Who is not then, at that time, in good shape to do that. No, absolutely not. But if, you would, if, if we could distribute those names to the VFW clubs or the American Legion clubs or the DAV groups or, or somebody out there like that, they they would call these people. They would invite them in. They would do things, you know. And there's there's I'm sure there's other organizations too, churches or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you tr- but you try not to. Uh, I mean, you you can't distribute their information. The the law just doesn't allow that. And uh, even even within your own organization, as a VA employee, I don't get to know who's in our area. I have to go find them. I have to go to yellow ribbon events, and I have to go to. Uh, sit down at the wall and and wait for veterans to come by and ask them if they're veterans and go to all these different things because even as a VA employee, I am not allowed to know who's out there that could potentially use my help. And that becomes particularly gnarly when it comes to those who are having mental health crisis issues and who are really seeking someone to talk to. Yes. Bill, are you there? Okay, I was just going to ask you, you mentioned that you've known about the foundation for some time. Have you ever attended a Friday night dinner? No, I, uh, I, I never attended, but uh, from my sources uh, back at the time when I was the department commander here in Maryland for the DAV, uh, I got great feedback, and, um, and it uh, sounded very good to me. I'd just like to say to, uh, to, to Hal that... Uh, 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 thanks for for starting this primarily because uh, the, these Friday night dinners uh, serve as a a help and assistance in being therapeutic in the reintegration of our men and women from the combat and the battlefield to home and community, and uh, uh, that's very helpful to have something like that. What I'd like to ask, Hal, is uh, 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 any other kinds of feedback that you're getting from, uh, from those veterans that uh, you've had uh, participate in the program as to the positive aspects of being in that group and being on, out on Friday nights. How is that helping them as they continue to readjust back to home and community? Well, it, it helps in a lot of ways uh, from the standpoint that they they start to feel comfortable. Uh, we distribute a lot of, of information at the at the dinners. Uh, we'll give out vet center brochures. Uh, we'll give out DAV, VFW, American Legion brochures, and different things like that. And we encourage them to to seek help uh, when they go out and and. Uh, and do things like that. We we stay in touch with, for example, we do dinners down at Dorn VA Medical Center in South Carolina. There's a the OEFOIF people down there. Uh, they they're care they're uh, advocates for the newly injured service members and stuff. And as those service members come into the VA Medical Center, 
uh, they try to get them together so that they can uh, do kind of a buddy thing, sort of thing. Right. You know, meet your meet your friends from the neighborhood that have that have served different things along those lines. But unless you're actually there with them, it's it's pretty difficult. And right. and when they leave the area. Yeah, uh, we're going to take we're going to take a quick short break. But before we do, I just want to remind everyone that American Heroes Network is not just a radio program. In order for you to stay updated, just go ahead to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. dot com. We are also available on all mobile devices, and all our shows are archived on demand 24-7. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Helen Paulette. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier. Or smarter, as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with our guest, Hal and Paulette. Um, Hal, I know it sounds like this foundation of yours is phenomenal. What other things does it get into besides just the Friday night dinners? You did mention grants. Uh, but I've read a lot of other uh, things that were happening there. Could you explain a couple of them? Uh, sure. We've 
we've been around long enough that uh, we know a lot of the staff at Walter Reed, even though they 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 change over. And uh, if there's a if there's a service member that needs some support, uh, the staff will have them call us. We do a lot of things with the National Intrepid Center of Excellence over there, which worked with TBIs and and PTSD. And what they do is an evaluation of uh, of the service members, and then once once they finish that evaluation, they determine what assistive technology will help them best, whether it's talking pillboxes or EM waves or live scribe pens or iPads to remember appointments, things like that. And then they call us, and, and we go and acquire that stuff and bring it down to them. Uh, the military will provide that stuff to them, but it's only after the assessment is made and then it takes about six months for the military mm-hmm. to get the procurement through. So we've decided that we would go ahead and use our funds to, to get that assistive technology to these people in a, in a more timely fashion so they can use it. Um, along with that, we'll, uh, we do things uh, like uh, support the, the Marine Intelligence Support Battalion at their annual training event. Uh, when Walter Reed uh, medical staff over there, they have fall festivals where they have little carnivals for the kids and different things like that. We'll we'll pick up the cost of the food. Uh, we do uh, retirement ceremonies for the for the guys if they have a retirement ceremony and they want food at their retirement ceremony. We'll do that. We have arrangements with local restaurants where we can give out cards. And the the troop and their family, and if uh, somebody's got some buddies that come up and want to visit them while they're in a the hospital, they can all go out and have a couple of beers and something to eat, and uh, the restaurant will then send us a bill rather than billing them at the time. Different things like that, but it's more of an on-demand sort of thing that we do. We have a relationship with the with the staff. We don't have the ability to to vet people to determine whether they're legitimate veterans and whether they have a legitimate need. So uh, so we only go by what is brought to us by what we call a trusted source. And we have trusted sources throughout the United States uh, in five or six different locations where we'll provide grants to people when, when a trusted source tells us they're needed. Uh, and we buy suits. If we get a call, we'll get a call from the Hospitals say so-and-so has been invited to go to the White House and he doesn't have a suit. Uh, we'll, we'll run out, pick him up, get him down to a local store, get a suit fitted. We've got a store we go to that will put zippers on the inseams so that the guys can, can put their prosthetic, can put their pants on, then put their prosthetics on and then zip their pants down so it's not so difficult for them to get dressed trying to pull pants up over prosthetics and stuff. Um, Lots of different things like that. Phenomenal, just phenomenal. How many how many uh, uh, warriors are coming to the Friday night dinner as of today? Uh, oh, it, it varies from week to week. But uh, like last Friday night, we had twenty six veterans and uh, and thirty family members. So we had fifty six fifty six people wow. from the hospital that came. The and, hospital, uh, our, our, our Friday night dinners, we find sponsors for those. So we generally have, like last week, the VFW sponsored. They've brought some people and they picked up the cost. So we find sponsors for that stuff. 
Uh-huh. And what's your what's your address? The website address. Uh, it's www.alethia.org. All right, and uh, anybody can go there and and uh, help out, can't they? Absolutely, and we'd greatly appreciate that because we don't do fundraisers. Or we don't have paid staff or anything like that. Uh, I like to say we're accomplished beggars. Uh, no, don't say all that. Of the, That's <laughs> all of the money all. we get in comes through uh, word of mouth uh, type of things. Um, we we des- we definitely need the assistance, and we appreciate anybody helping it. But we don't want to spend our money on on fundraisers and things like that. I just doesn't sit well with me, and we don't want to parade the troops in front of a camera to raise money. That just that's it's true. very obvious how, and, and I've seen it firsthand, how you are not telling people what they need. You're giving them what they have asked for or so obviously need because everyone is different. And so these needs are just quietly met by your organization without a lot of fanfare because everybody who knows of the Alethea Foundation is very ready and willing to assist. And and that is a testament to the fact that it's been extremely effective. Paulette, would you like to add to that? Um, absolutely. Um, if many people know me, they, they know that I don't give comments out unless they're due. And this is one place where it's due. The Alethea Foundation, in my opinion, is one of the top nonprofit agencies that directly help soldiers, Marines, the wounded warriors, and their families. And you can't get any better than that. I have, um, you know, a very high opinion of what they did in our lives, my, my daughter's life and mine, and I've seen what they've done. So I, I absolutely give them one of the top ratings, and I hope people will visit their website. Um, and the second thing I'd, I'd like to do is put out a challenge to the VSOs, the Veteran Service Organizations, that may be listening. And... Ask them to reinvent their mission and reinvent themselves and look at Alethea as a model that they may create in their own communities. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I just think that would go so much into um, what Hal has done and what he sees, and we need to get that across America. So those are my thoughts. All right. We uh, have Gary, less than a minute left, just, and I just want to say thanks, Hal and uh, Paula, for being on our show. Hal, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Uh, first of all, it's, uh, it's not all us. We have met so many wonderful people through these Friday night dinners. Uh, Paulette and her daughter, of course, uh, are two of the top, but we've met so many wonderful young folks. And the, the people that are serving the country in our military are the absolute top people in this country. They're wonderful. And it's been a, it's been a real blessing for us to be able to do that, to service oh. them. All right. Bill? I'd like to say thank you very much for assisting our men and women in the reintegration process from the battlefield and combat to home and community. All right. Linda? I just love the way Hal's organization cuts through the bureaucracy, addresses the direct needs, does it quietly without a lot of fanfare, and gets it done. It's an organization that does rather than talks about doing. And I am just so pleased that we were able to arrange a time to have Hal discuss it, because I concur with Paulette 
that if a lot of the other organizations could take on this model and do their work that way, there would be such an advanced system right. of support to reintegrate right. our veterans into the community. All right. Just remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the very best information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, on an, any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda and Bill, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. You have a terrific week. Everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. All right, bye. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors. We breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country And America wants you America wants you Thanks again for listening to the preceding program Brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.